as we welcome in Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12 into the program. Josh, good afternoon. How are you? Guys, what the hell happened this weekend? You tell us. We had seven seven at first. We had six in the second round. And then, you know, if you took a long nap, you woke up on Monday night and you said, where'd everybody go? We only (laughs) had one left. By the time it was like midnight on Monday, oh my goodness. Yeah, I was just sitting there thinking about Kansas and what a what a wonderful month of March they've had, right? I mean, what has there – I actually think about this the other day. Has there been a worse stretch for an athletic department than what's happened to Kansas? I mean, sure, the basketball teams are playing somewhat well, but let's be honest. Uh, this was a manifestation of how the recruiting has really dropped off, and Bill Self has mentioned it because of all the NCAA stuff. Not only that, they have no athletic director. They have no head football coach. And, you know, you have to question the future of basketball. I mean, I can you guys think of a time hey, where the two major I mean, did you, sports have done worse? Did you just say what I thought you said? You have to question the future of basketball at Kansas? Well, but think about it. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Seriously. I mean, and, and that is a, I mean, that's a bizarre statement, but I totally agree with you. Well, when Bill Self is mentioning it, you know, talking about, mm-hmm. hey, you know, it's, it's affecting our recruiting. And think about this. Think about the, the kinds of players. Joel Embiid, Andrew Wiggins. I mean, even guys who have stayed longer, they're like Devon Dotson, Frank Mason, uh, Udoka Azabuki. They don't have any of those guys. Uh-uh. Jalen Wilson was a pretty high recruit, and Bryce Thompson was as well, had the injury. But, guys, tell me, do you think there is a legit NBA player on that entire Kansas roster. Is there one player where you're like, I want him on my NBA team? I would have said prior to this season, I might have get might have let Garrett be that, but he did not show up at all this year. So I yeah, I don't think they have one. Yeah, and, and like Abaji is the kind of the one I think of just because he's a good he's well, he was a good shooter. I mean, he's kind of hit or miss, right? And then Garrett, his offense is too far behind his defense. Dave McCormick made a lot of nice strides, but you know, there's a certain class of athlete, as we saw the other night against USC, that you need to be. And McCormick didn't have a whole lot for him. Um, and, and he's not that kind of athlete. Jill Wilson, maybe, with his athleticism, but he's got a lot of areas to work on. I just not seeing it. Not seeing it from any of the guys on KU. You know, Josh, one of the things that Garrett and I talked about uh, just a few weeks ago was, you know, the the, the tide kind of changing and, and turning in, in KU basketball. They beat Baylor when the Bears were coming off the COVID thing at home, and they celebrated like they had just won a national championship. That used to never happen. That was an expectation. Right. And now it was a celebration. Yeah, and, you know, you deserve a little bit of celebration, obviously, because of you know you beat number one team in the country. But you think about it, like they got some confidence from a stretch of games against bad teams, and they played Texas again, they lost, and obviously COVID knocked them out of the Big Twelve tournament. After they, I mean, they almost blew that lead to Oklahoma, and you could tell the entire season. And Doug Gottlieb tweeted the other day, this was Bill Self's best coaching job. Like, get out of here! That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. This was one of his worst coaching jobs. He did not realize what he had on this team until it was way too late. He was trying to make them score, you know, become a team that had some more offense and playing too many guys as opposed to playing to the strength of the team, which was their defense. And I thought it was not a great coaching job. And I I think there's, as we just said, there's a lot of questions for KU moving forward. So who had had the worst, who had the worst day? Uh, Kansas losing to USC by 9 million or, or Abilene Christian knocking off the Texas Longhorns. 
So they're bad in two ways. On the Kansas side of things, like that USC team looks like a Kansas team should look, right? It's like, oh, my God, that Evan Mobley kid. Oh, and his brother, too. And, oh, my God, this team, you know, I, I believe USC um, is like the longest starting five, and I'm going to credit Ken Pomeroy for saying that because he gets mad when you don't. Um, but, I mean, Texas, like the lack of – the word I think everybody's been using is pride. Um, Jericho Sims not getting the ball enough. And here's what I'll say. I, I touted Matt Coleman, and I do believe this. I thought Matt Coleman was one of the better closers in college basketball. I think he's got a lot of um, a track record to prove that that's true. He was horrible. I mean, just countless turnovers. And look, that Abilene Christian team was one of the worst offensive basketball teams I've watched all season. Like, not even, not even close. And, you know, Texas put themselves in a spot where they let a bad offensive team just start banking in random shots. And, like, it shouldn't have beat them, but it did because they did not play well enough throughout the entire game. And I love Shaka Smart. I was a season ticket holder during his VCU Final Four run. Um, you know, I, I'm a fan of his. This was another bad coach. Like, there was a lot of bad coaches in the Big 12 over the course of the weekend. And Shaka Smart might have been chief among them. Talking with Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12 Podcast. So, with that being said, how safe is Shaka right now? Oh, it's, it's a challenge because there's a lot of guys who could leave, right? Matt Coleman is a senior. Jericho Sims, I believe, is a senior. Kai Jones is a guy that um, I think could use more seasoning, but if you watch him, he could go play in the NBA now. Um, Greg Brown, what a disaster. I mean, if he's not going to the NBA, he's transferring. So you look at the roster state, and I think he should get another year because of the, because of the fact they won their first Big 12 championship, and they did it legitimately. I mean, that Texas Tech game was a great win. But the problem was that this team had so much talent, and you saw it. They had so much ability in so many different areas. Maybe they couldn't have beat Baylor, sure, but they had a lot of moments where they looked like they could have been the best team or one of the best teams in all of college basketball. I picked them in my final four, but they didn't deliver. And so now Shaka Smart's there with no NCAA tournament wins, sitting here in, I guess, you know, what is it, year six? And so you kind of ask yourself, you know, but here's the problem. Like Rick Barnes, the last coach, he didn't do much winning in the NCAA tournament. He hasn't done a whole lot of winning in the NCAA <laughs> tournament either. So, you know, he's getting a lot of talent. Think about Jackson Hayes, Mo Bamba, Matt Coleman's, I mean, super talented. You have Greg Brown, Kai Jones, Jericho Sims. Like, he's getting these really good, talented players. But, you know, they're, they look more like a raw version of what Kentucky is than more, you know, the, kind of that polished version of you've got a, good, a lot of good, talented guys. You've got some older guys and they should mesh well, and, and they are too inconsistent. And so I think you give him one more year, but past that, um, you know, if he does this again, first-round exit, I think that's the end of the line for him. Oklahoma was able to hang with Gonzaga for a little bit, but, I mean, ultimately the Zags were just too much for them. What was your takeaway in that game? And now that you've seen Gonzaga play uh, a Big 12 opponent recently, uh, what are your thoughts on how they match up against Baylor if those two are to meet? So if I'm Lon Kruger, I'm like super proud of the way those guys played. I mean, did, right? I mean, they went out there and they fought their tails off. Um, people were mad about the Elijah Harkless foul at the end. I look, they weren't going to win the, the, the they weren't going to win the war. They were going to try to win the fight. I actually like that. Now, I'm not a huge fan of cheap shots in general, but I like the fact that team wouldn't quit. They wouldn't show heart. And, and look, this Gonzaga team, Oklahoma was never going to beat them. Uh, it just was not going to happen. Baylor poses a unique challenge for them, and I thought Texas did as well, but Texas couldn't get out of their own way. Um, I think Gonzaga can be beat. I think a team like maybe a USC could give them some problems, 
but I don't see them losing until they play an elite team at the very end of the line. I think Alabama, because their style poses a huge problem. I think Baylor, because of the players on the team, pose them a huge problem. But besides Alabama and Baylor, I don't think there's anybody else out there that can play them within five points. So Baylor carries the uh, the flag of the uh, for the Big 12 now. They do. Just your overall thoughts on the league. And, and, and you know, th- was this one of the top two or three teams, or top two or three leagues in the country? Uh, does does the conference or, or the uh, NCAA showing, does it change your mind on what you think of the league? I mean, where do you, where do you see this league right now? So I'm always a big proponent of this, especially like – so if you argue that UCLA shouldn't have been in the tournament, nothing they do in the tournament justifies that or not, right? Because we're not, we are not evaluating UCLA on their tournament performance. We're evaluating them, you know, at the time on their resume up to the point when they play. That's the same thing I think here. The Big Ten and the Big 12 were the two best leagues in all of college basketball. Here's the problem for the Big, 12, Big Ten, rather, is that they play old-school basketball, right? If you're going to be a successful team in the Big, 12, in the Big Ten conference, Generally speaking, you need to have an elite big guy. That is why Luca Garza, Hunter Dickinson, Kofi Coburn, Travion Williams, those guys were such big parts of winning teams in the Big and Big Ten Conference because that's the way they play. In the Big Twelve, I think there's a lot of you know a lot of these teams. Um, I think one problem was rebounding because I think Texas was the only really awesome rebounding team. I, I don't think Kansas or Oklahoma State or Oklahoma. Uh, or, you know, and even Baylor to some extent, too. Like, you know, just not a whole lot of huge athletic size, right? So that was kind of the stuff in a tournament game, you know, kind of those 50-50 balls, that stuff, like, wasn't really, you know, kind of like that, that intangible stuff wasn't really there. It's just the style of the league. I still don't think it's an indictment, though, at all. Uh, I, I really don't. You know, I don't think either. Like, those were the two best leagues all season long, and you'd be hard-pressed to tell me otherwise. And also trying to tell me the Pac-12 was an elite league. Like, let's be honest. Oregon State didn't start playing well to the last part of the season. You could argue UCLA didn't deserve to be there. So, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's some merit to, hey, the best conferences, but let's be honest, yes, they were all season long. Who wins the national championship? Uh, you know, you want to be different, but here's the thing. I'm not sure if you guys have gotten a chance to watch Gonzaga. Like, I've watched them several occasions. Mm-hmm. Every single time, I'm just blown away. It's like, oh, they're good. Jimmy, and, oh, my God, Ayayi, this guy is probably going to be an NBA player. Jalen Suggs is smooth. Corey Kispert, I didn't see a whole lot of him again in that in that Oklahoma game. I think he might have ended up with 16, but I think there were actually long stretches where they took him out of the game just for matchup purposes, and and, and you know they 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 liked the lineup they had. So you got to roll with Gonzaga, but I, I think if they play Baylor, it's like a five, it's within a five point game. Uh, I think that's kind of where I'm at. All right, Josh. Hey, what can we uh, what can we check out on Locked On? So we're going to talk about the Chandler Morris situation. I'm sure you guys have heard about this going on at TCU right now. Uh, we're going to talk about that tonight. Uh, that's going to be out tomorrow. So you can find us at Locked On Big 12 on Twitter, or excuse me, at LO Big 12. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can get Locked On Big 12 wherever you guys get your podcast: Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all those wonderful places. Hey, what? How? Before I, I got to know, how's that going to end up? How do you think that ends up? So. You know, this is a really – I work on Big 12 today on Sirius XM Radio, and former uh, OU center Gabe Iger made a great point. He said, you know, Lincoln Riley is fighting a losing battle. Like, I understand why, you, you know, you don't want the kid to transfer. I get it. But let's be honest. The tides are going one way, and Lincoln Riley and Oklahoma, their, their brass, are going the other. 
Um, the ACC already, I believe, has a within-conference transfer rule. I think the SEC is either done it or on the way. So I think this ends up Chandler Morris is going to be good to go. But I get where Lincoln Riley is coming from. I don't really agree with it, but I understand it. And so I think Taylor Morris gets his way. Hey, Josh, thanks. Appreciate your time, buddy.